a lot of the approach to men, whether we're talking about in churches or we're talking about in therapy sessions or what have you, has to do with emotions management. Sit in a room, sit in a circle, talk with other men and try to feel differently about your wife. Try to feel differently about your father. Try to feel differently about your wounds. It becomes emotions management. And I, I certainly believe in the inner work and, and the healing of the soul and things of that nature. But I believe that men are made to do and doing brings change. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on the Kindling Fire, I have the privilege of having Stephen Mansfield on the show. Thank you for joining us. I'm so privileged to be here. Thank you. So I want to uh, read a little bit about Stephen Mansfield uh, from your bio. You are a New York Times bestselling author, uh, really around books around history and contemporary culture. Uh, Your works include The Faith of George W. Bush, the Search for God and Guinness, Never Good Given, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill, The Faith of Barack Obama, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Uh, you are a popular speaker, and you coach leaders worldwide. Um, it's a real privilege to have you on. Well, thank you very much. Today, we're actually going to be talking about a book that I came across called Mansfield Book for Manly Men. And it is a phenomenal book, and I want to have us dig into some of the content of that book, but we're not going to give you all of it, so you're going to have to go and get the book. (laughs) So one of the things in that, you have four maxims in the book. Can you go through what those four maxims are? Sure. What I wanted to do was provide an on-ramp for men who were wanting to head towards what I call great manhood or noble manhood. So this isn't everything a man needs to know, but it's a beginning. Uh, The first one was manly men do manly things. And my emphasis on the doing, I'm sure we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, The second one is manly men tend their field. I believe that every man for every phase of his life has a field assigned to him and how he tends that field. And by the way, that includes taking care of himself um, is is really the measure of how he'll grow and whether he's fulfilling great manhood. Uh, Number three is manly men build manly men. I do not believe a man can uh, perfect, achieve, fulfill righteous, noble manhood in his life without other men in his life helping him and working with him. And that certainly is the case with boys on the rise. So that's another theme. And then finally, uh, manly men live for the glory of God. Um, and, I, and I believe strongly, uh, I'm a Christian, I believe strongly that men uh, need to have the work of God in their life and live for the glory of God and have the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives to be the men they're called to be. 
Awesome. So we are only going to be focusing in on that first maximum, which is uh, the way that you put it in the book. You say action is character and manhood is action. Can you, can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes. A, a lot of the approach to men, whether we're talking about in churches or we're talking about in therapy sessions or what have you, has to do with emotions management. Sit in a room, sit in a circle, talk with other men, and try to feel differently about your wife. Try to feel differently about your father. Try to feel differently about your wounds. It becomes emotions management. And I, I certainly believe in the inner work and, and the healing of the soul and things of that nature. But I believe that men are made to do, and doing brings change. Uh, I, I think with men, things often work from the outside in. So if I can get men uh, focused on the doing, uh, rather than trying to change their emotions regarding their wife, perhaps, I'll just use this as an example, uh, begin to serve their wives, begin to say things, uh, kind and loving things to their wives, uh, be, be, begin to figure out what it is that their wives most want, would most need, what would be special to them. Do those things. Uh, be honorable. Um, for some guys, it's even a matter of shower up, get a haircut, and wear some decent clothes. You know, do the things. Uh, be honest. Clean up the language. Um, start to do the things you're meant to do, whether we're talking about moral things, we're talking about service things. Um, even when it comes to forgiveness, we can sit in a room by ourselves and we can try to forgive and work it up from the inside out. Um, but I'll tell you that most men, being, being guys are innately doers anyway, a guy picks up a hammer, immediately it transforms his emotions and he's ready to go to work. Uh, <laughs> most men need to... Uh, go and actually say something to somebody. You, you're upset with your dad, you're hurt, you're wounded, you've got a, a friend's offended you and you've been mad for years. Um, it's not a matter of emotions management from the inside out from, for, for, for most guys. It's usually go do the things you need to do. Go apologize, go make it right, go hug it out, go get a hamburger and talk it out. Do the outside things first. So whatever we're talking about, um, I think the on-ramp for men to noble manhood is that they do things first, action. And in our media age, in our discussion group age, and I'm not, I'm not I mean, I often joke I'm a member of two churches in two different cities, so I'm definitely going to heaven. Uh, but my, 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 my point is that I'm, I'm not anti-church, but if, we're, if we think we're going to change by sitting in the fellowship hall talking about what's wrong with us and not ever doing anything, we're wrong. So I believe that maxim very much that you quoted that action is character, that what makes a man is what he does, not just what he feels. What he feels will follow what he does. He's got to do the right things. And I can't tell you, I'll, I'll shut up here in just a minute, but I can't tell you the men um, who, have, who have decided that that's true um, and begun to do the things they are supposed to do. I know of one guy, a close friend of mine, horrible relationship with his father. It was debilitating to him. But he began to go spend time with his father. He began to serve him in his old age. He began to, to love him and care for him. The two healed. The two reconciled. Forgiveness became possible. Why? Because the doing came first. So men are doers. And if we'll focus on the doing and, and hold up the vision that manly men are doers and need to do manly things, I think we'll see transformation coming in their lives. Yeah, I, th this is one of these truths that will unlock men that are stuck. Um, I, I, like you, uh, sit in a lot of circles. I've got a background of kind of counseling and 
pastoral stuff and so I get the idea of processing and talking and emotions or even thinking differently but none of it matters if you don't do something <laughs> right and I and I would even say that the actual transformation of the soul happens faster when we're doing I mean you know I play racquetball for example and you put a racquetball racket in my hand my emotions change my body go, starts to uh, you know kind of quiver a little bit and get ready. I can feel my legs resetting, you know, just because I've been doing something and the touching of that racket resets me for that doing. And I think it's that way in moral things, emotional things, romantic things, um, all, all of that kind of thing. It's amazing. I, I recommended to one man, and this is going to get a little bit sentimental, but I recommended to one man who was having some problems feeling affection for his wife. He was a big, strong guy, and he liked touch. And I said, why don't you just give her a little bit of a foot massage every evening? And, and, and that was something he could do. He didn't have to you know, think that she was you know, the most amazing woman in the world for him to rub her feet. But as he rubbed her feet, felt her stress, they talked, he did something, he served her in some way, he began to feel more tender towards her. I'm telling you, from that beginning, it wasn't everything they needed, but from that beginning, it transformed their relationship. Mm. And it, it's, 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 that's, a, that's a small and practical and romantic example of broader things we can do morally. You know, Jesus doesn't say sit around and feel differently. Jesus says go and do stuff. And so um, I think that for men especially, maybe more than women, that the doing is the key to the inner transformation. And that's not to create a new legalism, by the way. I'm not trying to give guys a list. Do these five things and you'll be great. I'm saying whatever it is that you're meant to be, doing is the beginning of the change. Yeah, I think God gives us simple strategies. It, it can, your example is so good about rubbing your wife's feet. I mean, that is relatively simple. Could come from scripture, could come from other men, could come from the preacher, could come from somewhere, but it's a simple idea. It's a simple strategy. God knows we're simple. <laughs> we need to make it plain. Sure. And, and it really can unlock this much larger thing that feel, felt like overwhelming. Like I can't jump that high, but I can do something small where God, you know, strategy is great. You do the small thing, it actually leads to the bigger thing. Well, and this is actually good news. I, you know, I do a lot of speaking at a lot of men's events, and we, spon we create and sponsor a lot of them. And, and i got to tell you, when you, if you go to a bunch of men and you say, dudes, you're screwed up, you're going to need about 15 years of therapy. Maybe in 15 years you can have a decent marriage or you can have a decent relationship with your son or you can be a decent man that you're proud of or whatever. I mean, imagine how you'd feel about that if, if we were talking about your weight loss. Yeah, maybe in 20 years, maybe you could trim down a little bit. You, you'd, you would not even begin. But, but that's, and that's often what we say, man. You've got you to get some serious therapy. You've got to meet with us for the next mm -hmm. 100 years. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it happens overnight, but I am saying that when men begin to do based on certain principles, based on certain beliefs, that's when the transformation begins. The key is the doing. And, and, that, and that's been a lot of the problem. I mean, a lot of men, uh, you know, it's always been the issue. The original sin for men, if we're going to preach just for a moment, um, was Adam sitting there walk, watching Eve be deceived and doing nothing. And I always often joke that the, the football game was on. He was distracted. He wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and Satan just, just, just deceived her. And, and Adam knew better, but... but the Bible says he was standing right there with her, but he didn't say anything. He didn't intervene. So men not doing is part of the great curse of in mankind. It is part of the great curse of manhood. And if we can get men eager to do, 
Um, now, we need, we need to match principle to that. We need to match spiritual truth to that. But if we can get men to start doing the things they're supposed to do, uh, transformation will come. And, and one quick footnote on that. You know, i got to tell you, for some, for some men, their children, their wives, their friends are tired of hearing them talk about the stuff they, they're going to they're gonna feel differently about. One day I'll do this. I really want to be that. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, even I've got friends I love dearly, but, man, they can wear me out with all of their intentions. <laughs> uh, I want them to do things, do things. And I tell them, just do it, and don't, don't talk to me again until you do it. The Urban Dictionary defines an echo chamber as an insular communication space where everyone agrees with the information and no outside input is allowed. That is not what I want the Kindling Fire to be with you guys, the listeners. An echo chamber. I want to hear from you. I am very active on Instagram at the Kindling Fire. Come follow me. Let's message me. Let's start talking. Uh, another way you can do it is through iTunes and go in and re- rate and review the podcast. There's other reviews there. Be honest. I would love for this to become a community where you are getting heard and I'm bringing on guests, having topics, having conversations that you want to have that really help you grow. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm kind of giving them some coaching talk there. Yeah, it's good. Um, you know, hitting hit, hit kind of hard because I don't, I don't want them to talk themselves to death and never get the thing done. Well, you say, you say it so eloquently. You say the great mistake in your book, the great mistake we have made in our generation is to think we can make a man with words. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I don't want men to be troglodytes. I don't want them to go around grunting and not using words. I believe in words. And, you know, remember what I've done. I've written 25 books, and I spend most of my time speaking on a stage. So I'm obviously not opposed to words. But you can't change a man from what our culture produces of him into what we envision him being and what, what God wants him to be just by talking him to death. You just can't do it. And by the way, we all know the, the statistics and, and, and how, how humorous it is that men can only handle so many words to begin with. You know, yeah. uh, that men, men can only handle about a tenth of the words that women can or use about. You, t- you can just bore a man to death by, by talking too much. Get him doing things. Get him in what I call a band of brothers. I've actually written a booklet called Building Your Band of Brothers. Mm. You've got to have a couple, some guys around you you got to have guys speaking into your life. you got to have guys challenging you. And it's got to be about the doing. So you're exactly right. And I, and I think that this is a real key for our generation. Yeah, one of the things that I love is that in God making man the way he did, or making men the way he did, James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Yeah, and one of the illustrations used in James is the idea of a mirror. Now, I think a lot of our men's conferences, and please don't hear me putting them down, but a lot of our men's gatherings uh, hold up a mirror for a guy. But if you don't actually get him doing something different based on what he sees in that mirror, then it's almost like the guy goes home to his family and says, man, they've got some nice-looking mirrors at that place. Those are awesome mirrors. That's fantastic. Man, we need to go back there once in a while and visit those mirrors. But never does he live differently based on what he saw in his own reflection. And that's the whole point. And that's actually what James 1 says. Don't, don't look in the mirror, the perfect law of liberty, and not do what it says and therefore be changed. So this, this, this really is the key. The, 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 the question, though, and the thing we've got to answer, maybe not here, but, but, but in our men's efforts, is what should men be doing? I, I, I think that's, but I do think this is the on-ramp for most men, that they begin to do the right things, uh, based on truths that they, they newly understand. It's sort of like work with the light you have. 
right? If the Lord is illuminating a path in front of you and it's not, you know, you have a desire or a goal for your marriage to be better, your relationships to be better, for you to be more alive, but, you know, how to get there may not be all illuminated, but you have a step. Okay, I, I think I can take this small step with faith that, yeah, that actually is the pathway towards where you're headed. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So you, you get a new understanding of who you are, and you start living differently as a result. I mean, I mean, if I believe, for example, that a man is meant to, to care for others, then one of the things that's got to happen is a man's got to take care of himself. Yep. That, 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 that truth that I'm meant to serve and care for others, that I'm meant to be strong and, and, uh, and, and, and protect and serve and, and care and defend um, and nurture and help everything fulfill its destiny in my lives and my children and my wife and my friends and the people God's given me. Well, tell you what, it makes me want to trim down. Makes me want to pray. Makes me want to read and a little bit more than I do. Might even make me want to buy a new shirt or two. You know, look decent. Not that it's all about looks. Right. Uh, certainly, certainly makes me want to do some push-ups and work out and maybe drop off a few Oreos. You know, from the from the handful that I have every evening. <laughs> uh, you know, certainly makes me not want to be drunk or high. Or, you know what I'm saying, or addicted to porn. You, you, you see, so all of that other stuff comes from it. And then it makes me want to band with another group of men and start doing good in the world. Uh, start serving together. Start helping each other be good men. And all of that came from what? The simple idea that I have something to be doing and I need to be good at it. You, you, you tell We do this all the time in sports. You tell a dude that you want him to run around the right end of the offensive line and slam into a big old defensive end. Well, he, he knows what he's got to do. He's got to be flexible uh, so that he can turn and run. He's got to be lifting weight so he can be strong. He's got to work on his speed so that he can hit, so that he can get around there quickly. Uh, he, he's he's got to know the right form so he can hit a guy bigger than he is. I mean, all of that comes from what? Just simply telling him what his assignment is. Yeah. And then he knows how to work out. He knows how to prepare. He knows how to practice. He knows mm -hmm. how to get better. And that's the way it is in manhood. There's a real, uh, to what you're talking about, there's a real honesty and, and integrity. And I think the band of brothers that you really highlight, that helps bring that honesty and integrity. Meaning there's not a lot of guys that are going to sit around and want to have people just kind of, you know, same old, same old, talk the same old. I mean, at some point they're like, all right, when are you going to do something? Next week? I want to hear something. You did something. <laughs> exactly. Or I'm going to exactly. call you or I'm going to text you. Or, there's, a, there's a provoking nature to men to men that helps men be better. No, that's exactly right. And again, these are all just spiritual principles applied to manhood. I mean, I mean, you know, what did Jesus say? When everything was said and done, he said, well, you know them by their fruit. You know them by what they're doing. You know them uh, by what they're producing in their lives. And so I don't care how many men's books you've read, how many conferences you've gone to, how many wristbands you've bought, T-shirts you've bought. I want to know what you're doing. What's the fruit? I want to see a smile on your wife's face. I want to see a well-tended home. I want to see kids who are nurtured and godly and, and inspired and want to make a difference and love their dad. I want to see a family having fun together. I want to see Jesus reigning in your home. I want to see you whole and, uh, and pouring into the lives of other men. I want to see, you know, that kind of thing. I want to, I want to see stuff happening. And so don't talk me to death. That's, that's been part of the problem. It's by, by the way, I need to say quickly, it's why I'm not that big a fan of accountability groups. I'm a bigger fan of a band of brothers. Yeah. An accountability group is where I drive across town once a month uh, to sit at a breakfast place, tell a bunch of guys what's wrong with me so they can pray for me. Well, that's assuming a lot, isn't it? First of all, that I can figure out what's wrong with me. Second of all, that I got the courage to tell these guys. And third of all, that I'm going to hang on to it for three weeks 
weeks and not just tell them the big success I've had recently. But a band of brothers walks closely enough with you to already know what's going on with you. They already know if I'm having tension at home. They already know if I'm, you know, eating twice as much as I used to or dropping the F-bomb or, you know, if I, if I, what I talk about is my golf game and I don't play golf, but what if I, but a guy's talking about is his golf game uh, and not, not pouring into his son. So you got to have guys who are close enough to you to know what's going on so they can help you do the things you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, well I'll end with this. Um, you have a great quote from uh, George Gill. Uh, from his book Sexual Suicide and I think it was renamed uh, Men in Marriage. I actually heard this rec- book recommended to me um, from uh, Dr. Dobson just listening to him through the years and his quote that you put in your first chapter is manhood is at its most basic level can be validated and expressed only in action. Very, very good quote to end it. And, and by the way, just consider what happens in the lives of your children, what happens in the life of your wife, what happens in the lives of your friends, when you say to them, look, I'm going to go work out, but I'm doing this so I can be great for you. You know, I've actually said that to my kids once I learned these truths. Mm. I'm going to go work out. I know I'm taking some time from us, but part of it is I want to be decent and, you know, and, and yeah. fully there for your mom. I want to live long and love you guys, but I also uh, you know, want to be the best I can be for you guys. I'll be back in an hour. Man, they're like shoving you out the door. They're not resenting that time. They're like, go do that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, the more, the more that you, you make it clear that you're trying to be a great man for all involved, the, 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 the more that transformation comes. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for your time, Stephen. If those, if people want to uh, get your book or learn more about what, what you're doing, where should they go? Uh, my personal site is stephenmansfield.tv, uh, but men who want to f- follow on on this path that we're talking about should go to greatman.tv, greatman.tv, and also our uh, our Twitter is at greatmantv. So follow us, get involved, and look, let's let's see a generation changed. Amen. And the uh, that you actually have a podcast too, the Great Man Podcast. I listen to it; it's phenomenal, it's practical, it's great. I highly recommend it. Well, thank you so much. It's been great being with you. All right. Thank you, Stephen, and God bless. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hey, you've reached the end of the podcast, and this is the part where I'm going to tell you some cool stuff. First off, go check out our website, thekindlingfire.com. There you can become a fire starter. I've got a Facebook Messenger community that is getting updates and uh, are able to subscribe to 30 Day Fire Starter Challenge or our Bible devotionals, and it's all through Facebook Messenger. So you got to go to the website and sign up. It says join the fire starters. That's the number one thing. Number two is I love music and I love worship music. And so I've created some great playlists on Spotify. If you use Spotify, just search The Kindling Fire and you'll find the playlist there and you can follow those. And lastly is on Instagram, I'm kicking off Firestarter Fridays. And so every Friday, I'm going to be posting uh, motivational videos. So if you are on Instagram, go follow us at The Kindling Fire and be sure to check us out every Friday. Okay, I think that's it. Be awesome.